Welcome to the Sneaker Podcast, a show where a bunch of guys sit around a table to talk life, lifestyle, music, and all things sneakers. So sit back, turn it up, and let's go. Hello out there, this is the Sneaker Podcast. My name is Chris Chu, and with me I have my good friends Sean Collard. Hey now. And Brian Romney. Hey, what's happening? I gotta come up with a cool, you know, catchphrase. <laughs> a cool catchphrase? <laughs> cool <laughs> opening no, line. No, you really don't. I, no. I, I started it, and, I, and I've, I'm stuck with it now for the You're rest stuck of with stuck. <laughs> I'm like Larry King, stuck with the suspenders yeah. forever. That's right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is an extra episode of the Sneaker Podcast uh, where we're going, uh, we're deep diving into uh, the docu-series, The Last Dance. Um, the last extra episode that we did, it was about uh, part one of the docu-series. Uh, today, we're going to try to tackle part two and part three because they're kind of uh, linked in some way. It's kind of, uh, it's not about... Michael Jordan only it's about his accolades mm-hmm. or his his accolades not accolades <laughs> uh his uh main man yeah side by side so um we'll dive right into it because it's it's pretty it's pretty intensive uh, as i told my wife it, it's going to be a big episode uh but before we do do that uh did you guys figure on did it give you? I know you maybe since part two, part three, we stopped wearing special clothing, special yeah, sneakers yeah, yeah. for the I viewing think since, of since the, the first ten minutes of episode one. I stopped wearing special clothing. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> we can say that these two episodes, part two and part three, talk about Pippin and talk about Rodman. Mm-hmm. Um, can you guys maybe give a? Can you guys say how much? Uh, how much this has influenced your appreciation for Pippin sneakers or Rodman sneakers? Um, I mean, sneakers in general. Rodman, not so much. Uh, mm-hmm. I, he was wearing what Converse, I guess, in the, the those last three years with the with the Bulls. Okay. At least the last um, one, maybe just two. the last one. Okay, he, what was he wearing be- before he that? Wore, he was with Nike. He was with Nike, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yes, he was worth. Uh, he was wearing the uh, Shake and Destructs. No, Shake and Destruct. Yeah, yeah at least ninety six. Right. right. I can't remember ninety seven. So, but with Pippin, yeah, I mean, I, I've uh, Pippin. I the only pair of Pippin, I guess you know, they're not really a Pippin signature shoe, but they're Pippin, Pippin a pair, of, you know, uh, popularized by Pippin. Um, that was the uh, Air More Up Tempos. Uh, they have the black and white pair of those from the playoffs in '96, and uh, I love those. But I, I'd love—I think Chris and I were talking about that off the pod at one point, and uh, we both said we, we'd like to pick up with some more Pippins at some point. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You said you had the uh, <laughs> the more up tempos. I go, well, that's the hypest pair <laughs> out of all of them. <laughs> it's the only one I need, really. Well, you're a hype beast. Yeah, <laughs> I, so, that's yes. right. <laughs> I'm a hype beast. Yeah. Um. How about you, Brian? Do you have any uh, Pippin sneakers in, or Rodman sneakers in your collection? Definitely no Rodman. Uh, I do have a pair of those retro uh, 95 more up tempos that just came out about a year ago or a couple months ago. Right. 
Um, I actually do have the shaken destructs as well. Sorry to interrupt, but I oh. do have the sh- I have the black the shaken destruct disrupts. Yeah, yeah, destruct. I for for those who uh, who don't know, uh, would you be able to spell and destruct for the people? And no, I can't do it <laughs> because they, it's really not it. the letter N yeah. and the word destruct <laughs> and right, destruct exactly. in destruct. Exactly. What did you yeah. do? You have something else, Brian, or just those? No. As far as Pippin's concerned, or Rodman, that's all I have. But I do. Yeah. I've always liked those Pippin signatures that came out later in, mm-hmm. in his Bulls career. But I always liked, like he wore the '89 flight, mm-hmm. um, and some of the flight signature series that he was tied to in the early '90s, mid '90s. Right. I also like My, the fact that he wore some Jordans sometimes too. So that helps. That yeah, that that is. <laughs> cool I can say I have Jordan. I have Jordans yeah. that Pippin wore sometimes. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, besides the 12s, right? He wore, he wore some taxis a couple times. Yeah. He wore, he wore tens, some 10s. Chicago 10s. Chicago 10s, yeah. yeah. What else can we think that's of? That's my, that uh, I think that that's my fondest it. memory of Pippin wearing Jordans when Jordan was retired, yeah. quote yeah. unquote. And he point like the camera's on Pippin yeah. and he points to his the yeah. sole of his tens. Yeah, and he's like, the jump man. Yeah, that's come back. Soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was all the rumors were swirling that he was going to come back and yeah. Oh, that was exciting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a time! <laughs> but this is not that part of the. Uh, no, the no, ten, no. The we're, yeah, we're jumping all over the place. <laughs> we haven't seen that So yet. let's get right like into it. Episode seven, probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> not that have you watched it? No, no. Um, so. <clears throat> Part two, it starts off uh, pretty clearly. It's about Pippin talking um, uh, talking about contracts, yeah. right? Yeah. Says he's got, uh, and you hear just like a voiceover that Phil has one more year on his contract. Michael wants $36 million and that Pippin could be traded. Right. Right. Um, and then they also mentioned that he's one of the best players. And one of the most underpaid players out there. Yeah, I mean, one of the best players in the league, too. Not just on the mm-hmm. Bulls, even. It, it was, uh, or not even just second to Jordan in the, in, on the Bulls. He was second, probably, in the league. Yeah. Uh, at, at least, there was, he was arguably that, that uh, one of those top players. And well, the I mean, fact that he was... Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Uh, he'd, come on, he'd been on the Dream Team. I mean, that's pretty yeah. high praise. Absolutely. And he had yeah. just been voted one of the best 50 players of all time the season before yeah. in that 50th anniversary yeah. celebration. So not only yeah. best in so, the league so at the time, but one of the best ever up there. Yeah. All um, time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've, I've, ever for sure. And, uh, one of the, what was 120 something, uh, you know, sal- salary wise, he was like a hundred, right. 122, I think something like that. Yeah. At the time. So <clears> this, <throat> this is occurring before the 97, 98 season. All right, yeah. before the last dance uh, commences. So they're talking about his uh, his value, how much he's getting paid. During the ring ceremony for mm-hmm. the fifth championship, uh, he actually, he's in a suit because he's not going to play, but he's say, he actually says on the mic, he goes, if I never have the opportunity to say this again, thank you. So he's thanking the, yeah. uh, the fans, right? And you got to be, imagine being a fan or like someone in the crowd, someone from Chicago and thinking, what, what the heck, man? <laughs> well, even the, even the announcer or the, 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 uh, I'm not sure who, if it was WGN guy, but he was like, kind of made, said that kind of exact thing. It was like, what did he just make a retirement speech? Exactly, <laughs> what, what, what was yeah. that? You know, but yeah, yeah but that was, the, I guess that's what he was. He, I mean, Michael Jordan, uh, when they talked to, he interviewed him, he was kind of t- saying that it was maybe, 
uh, you know, he was just feeling the emotion of, you know, being in the city so long and winning the championship and, you know, your emotions. But I, I if now that we know that, you know, he was in these not I couldn't can't say contract negotiations because they weren't negotiating with him. They True. were refusing to negotiate with him, but they were he was no realizing, you know, that this is this is like shitty of them, that how hard he's worked for the city. And, uh, you know, push comes to shove, he's going to, like, do what's best for him. And if he has to leave the team, he's going to have to leave the team. And that was probably mm-hmm. in his mind at the time. But uh, yeah. I imagine that's all kind of tied up into his emotions at that point when he's given that speech. And, again, I like the way how, like, the reporters put Mike Michael on the spot about Scottie Pippen's comments. And Jordan kind of always has the right yes. response. Eh? Yeah. Always cool, doesn't yeah. seem rattled at all. Yeah. And he gives a very political, like, you know, PC answer, yeah. but he gives you an answer nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. So I like well, that's, that that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. He was talking about sort of just the emotion of the moment kind of thing as opposed to like exactly. the bigger picture, which is good. It's good for him. He's not. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, Sean, you already mentioned that, yes, he was the, at, at that time, he was the 122nd uh, ranked 122nd in the NBA for salary. Yeah. Right. The guy who had um, won five rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to just run five rings. Uh, also, I think uh, during any time, the NBA has about 300 players. At that time, I think it was 300 players yeah, in the whole league. Yeah, yeah probably three to four that. in that range. So imagine he's 122nd. <sighs> I also saw like a, a, a meme or like just a little picture on Instagram. At the, back then, 122nd was Scottie Pippen. Right now, 122nd is uh, what's that guy's name? He's a shooting guard for OKC. <laughs> I think you, I think you said enough. 122nd <laughs> there you go. name guy, you can't even name him. <laughs> I can't name him. Um, uh, along with that, they 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 showed us the, his stats for the last year, right? The last cha- during the championship run, Pippen was uh, second in scoring for the Bulls, second in rebounds for the Bulls. Second in minutes played, first in assists, first in steals, and sixth in uh, uh, salary for the Bulls. Yeah. So all that. Um, And then they go on to ask uh, Michael about uh, Scotty, and he he basically says that there wouldn't be any championships without him, right? Yeah. How he was a pleasure to play with. This is like current yeah. MJ saying this. Yeah. And he, if you speak my name, you, you can't speak it without Scottie Pippen's name. Yeah. Which is pretty high praise. Pretty high praise. Yeah. But also so true. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah and, and that's, you know, it's funny because people will often, uh, when when talking, having that stupid, you know, debate about who's the goat and people will say, well, my, Jordan couldn't have done it without Pippen. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, not no one can win a championship. They need someone else to take yep. the pressure off and that to be that go-to person. They can't just. No one can do it by themselves. Not one championship team is. Where is that? Has there been a guy where that just did it by themselves? You know, whether yeah. it's you know LeBron going to Miami and winning his first two there with Wade and Bosh or whoever you know whoever else. And Magic with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and you know Worthy mm-hmm. and you know they're, they're teams that win the, the championship. So that's a it's a stupid comment, but. It's 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 absolutely valid that my, you know Jordan needed Pippen to and Jordan, Pippen wasn't always Pippen. That's the thing too that people don't realize is Pippen 
wasn't always the greatest player, second or second greatest player on the team. Mm-hmm. He was like he was a rookie when he was you know drafted to the Bulls. Well, he actually was drafted to, to the Sonics first and then traded to the Bulls. But yep, he uh, he Jordan helped him become who he was. Yeah, and they so actually mentioned. Uh, sorry, yeah, how ahead. during practices and all uh, the pressure that Michael put on Scotty was kind of like a blast furnace. Yeah. And it toughened him up, and it made him lethal defensively. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was. And then he go. That was telling because John's right. Everybody always says Jordan had Pippen as if he was this, you know, all American mm. from Kansas, yeah. you know, for four years, winning multiple college championships. Guy, he was a guy with a football manager scholarship at some school <laughs> yeah, no one ever right. heard of, some community college for the blind or something. But yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> You're right. Jordan made him. He ha- he had the athletic and the physical ability, and Jordan gave him that mentality, and he was able to do yeah, it. Yep. I mean, yeah. So to his credit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go on to uh, Michael goes on to call him the best teammate of all time. Yeah. And uh, during the doc series, they then transition to uh, Pippin's early life. Yeah. Which is really where it comes into you. You can you can see because I guess this all boils down to the fact that Pippen signed a, a, a an set was a seven year contract. Yep. Early on, and uh, it's all because of this, based this on that. Current, it's the, his early life and what he lived, grew up living in poverty, basically. Yep. So I uh, grew up in Central Arkansas. Uh, there's a lot of people in a house. There was two people in a wheelchair. His yeah. his older brother. And his father, yeah. so older brother had a tough a, life. It was, yeah. in an, it was in a stupid wrestling accident in school or something, and then his or father his had a stroke. Yeah. Stroke. Yeah. Um, and they had twelve kids. Twelve. Twelve kids. kids. Exactly. Holy shit. That <laughs> alone is that crazy. Alone. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, so th- I think that's where his mentality came from. Was that I just he had to he wanted to make like he, you're not nothing's guaranteed obviously so you know you could get injured and you don't know what's going to happen and his main goal was to provide his family what provide for his family when mm-hmm. he signed that contract he wanted to guarantee that they'd have some money coming in so that he could take care of them Absolutely. so it's honorable why he signed why he signed that contract but yeah uh, so they call it a long contract right seven years which yeah. is actually very long yeah I think back then I think they had like six year contract or oh, more recently six year contracts are actually very long yeah but those are always for the 120 million exactly range, right yeah well um, didn't even reinsdorf kind of said that was right before the tv rights took off yeah. and yep all everything took off and so the money got real big obviously not in scotty's favor but yeah. this is what i took uh i don't know offense to or why I said in the last episode, why I said Reinsdorf skated in this, I get uh-huh. having a policy where like, hey, I make this contract, don't come back and ask me for any more money. But yeah. that can work for 99.99% of your guys. The two guys who put all the banners up and put all the money yeah. in your pocket, yeah. they get to negotiate whenever they want. Right? Exactly. Right, I reasonably. So. I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. It's Ryan, not, it's and, not uh, Judd he... Bushler coming saying, Hey man, I need an extra hundred. Hey, grand. I want a ring too. Hey, yeah. are you are you talking ill about Judd Booster? You <laughs> went to U of A, so yeah, I'm gonna talk really bad about all the U of A guys. Uh, yeah. Um, 
And it's true. It, they even have a little snippet of Reinsdorf saying he thought that he should not have uh, signed that contract. Yeah, he advised him not to. Apparently, he's yeah, which is weird to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, but he, uh, he then, all, but then he followed that up with like Brian saying, "If you don't, but if you do sign it, don't come back and ask them to renegotiate because that's once it's, th- it's exactly. signed, it's signed." So that's like that's the weirdest thing to me. Um, you know, you're the owner. Yeah, like you can change the rules. Yeah, of it's your rules. Just change them. Yeah, right. Um, but that that like Sean said. Because of Pippin's early life, because of all the struggle and all, it made sense for him to sign a longer contract, guaranteeing uh, being remunerated for more years. Yeah, but versus, not, not a ton of money, though. I mean, a ton of money to to the average person, but not yeah. a ton of money in terms of the the NBA and you know what people can make, and especially what how he was performing. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, a pittance, really, when you yeah. think about it. Well, I don't remember what was his contract, the number wise. What was? Do you remember what the contract was? How much? He was getting. I don't think they say it in the docuseries. They don't. I thought it was just a little over no. two million a year or something. Something like that, which is you know, again, to the average Joe, is like that's yeah, a nice salary, but a lot. for what he accomplished with the Bulls. But I think again, too, years. you just said it. He came into the league, probably not with a ton of upside necessarily. So right. mm-hmm. to him, he's probably like, "This is great," and all of yeah. a sudden, well, yeah, his stock goes way up. Anyway. I think for a rookie contract, it's not bad, but for the length that he chose, yeah, which is actually what he favored, what he preferred, the, the security of right. it is what he valued more, while other people were like, well, no, the money is more. But then yeah. I can I can totally see, I, I can see why they, they, they started off with showing how his life was when he was a kid because it totally makes sense why yeah. he would have done it right yeah, so right. it's not like a it's not like he didn't consult anyone it's just this provided more value to him yeah and they show his mom and his mom you know they bought he bought his parents a house oh, and yeah. all that stuff and it's like you know this is why he did it it's totally understandable and i don't yeah. think i don't think correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think like he wasn't complaining the entire time or or even a couple of years in he no. was complaining like that last couple of seasons Whereas, like, exactly. they had won five championships, and now he's like, okay, guys, like, come on, like, I, I, get me out of this contract. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. give me some more money. I Look at what I've done for this. I've helped win these five championships. Open the books and let it make it right. <laughs> you know? or, or could it be also, like, let's say, because this is what I found uh, interesting. It's during, right before the last year of his contract, right, mm-hmm. which was the 97-98 season, this is where the the issues came up because I guess they didn't extend him. Yeah, I don't think they were negotiating with anyone right. at that point because right. they were saying after this, that's it. We're that's we're right. cutting the You're done. We're cutting everything. Yeah, right. Yep. And for him, that's like, well, hold on. I just put in six years for you. We've gotten all these championships, and and now you're saying you're not going to pay me off. You yeah. know, like yeah. you're, you should. For him to have to. "Quote unquote," start anew with another team, and get rid of like like all that loyalty was for nothing. That I, right. I get that too. Yeah, no, f- yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's and it's it, it's frustrating to watch because like you know yeah. we were talking about it's like that Reinsdorf really he really could have made it right and that, like Brian said that's to make that rule is fine but for when it comes to a certain case like a need need you know a need whatever a need basis uh, as needed basis yeah you know like with Pippen <laughs> it could have been it could have been handled better but. He had the stupid rule, and he's. Kidding. I mean, with a lot like okay, nothing is confirmed, nothing. But we we've all 
maybe heard of franchises uh, paying certain amounts to certain players, but then also kind of knowing that once their career is done, did they'd be, you know, yeah, I don't know, given yeah. a position in front something, of, yeah, front office or whatever, like, yeah, some incentive for taking one for the team. Yeah, but well, um, just on a side note, what I liked about these two episodes and two and three episodes, two and three in general, is there was that sort of a thread uh, in between them in that there was a lot to do with family uh, and how they impacted their lives in general mm-hmm. and to who they became and why yes. they became that way. And that that's was something that was really this sort of psychology. I've always been fascinated by I'm a sociology major, <laughs> took a lot of psychology <laughs> courses in university. And it's, I've been fa- I was fascinated by it to see how just how things that happened to them growing up, growing up really impacted them, you know, moving forward and, and be, mm-hmm. made them become the men that they became. It was, it was, I, li- I like that aspect of it. So uh, then the last dance goes on and uh, they flash forward to when Scotty gets drafted. He's fifth player in the draft pick by the Sonics, then traded to the Bulls. Um, and Scotty coming in and kind of trash talking a bit and Charles Oakley <laughs> regulating him. <laughs> <laughs> Treating him like the rookie that he was. <laughs> yeah. Smacking him in the face. <laughs> yeah, but Scotty obviously thought highly of himself which is good um but then he well he came in re- saying he's going to be better than michael jordan exactly <laughs> yeah it's funny because people were when people were talking about that clip where of, of oakley smacking uh, pippen across the face <laughs> uh, after that episode online or on, on social media and stuff and i remember like brian and i hadn't seen it till maybe a couple of years two or three years ago but brian uh, turned me on to that that video that we actually mentioned higher ground Chicago the, the 87 88 Chicago Bulls season uh, promo video kind of thing uh, um, called higher ground and it's that clip is in in that video and that mm-hmm. was the first time I'd seen that and then so to see it now on this thing and now everybody's like freaking out about it, it's funny because I had seen it before I was like oh because I, I, as that scene started I'm like oh he's this is where he smacks Pippen in the face <laughs> I wonder how people are going to react to that Oh, what in a bad way or like? No, they're just kind of like saying or? how savage uh, Oakley was you know, ah. to, to the you know like smacking a guy across the face. <laughs> it's kind of oh, I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked no, it I, as a as a big brother type of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a yeah, like, you know, there's another up. clip in that higher ground video where Horace Grant talks about Oakley and and kind of how Oakley right. would put the rookies through the paces, and he says, uh, <laughs> you know, Charles Oakley will say pay. Uh, pay for my meals, carry my bags, and he goes, "Whatever Charles Oakley asks you to do, you do." <laughs> so I think he set the tone on that team. Uh, oh, for he those sure rookies. did, and on the court a lot of times too. <laughs> yeah, but I, um, what I liked about that, right, just to kind of slide back, I hadn't, I hadn't seen mm-hmm. that much footage of Scotty in college, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, in there, that oh, was yeah. incredible. And my understanding, I, before I, don't, this, I don't think I've ever seen any footage of him in college. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think I had either. But I think what my understanding was that he really dominated those pre-draft NBA tournaments right before the draft, yeah. and that's where people really gotcha. started to notice him, not necessarily yeah. his college career. So I, right. I hadn't seen I like, any of his college footage before. That's kind of cool. No, and you—it's like funny to see the the, the sort of con, the, the um, when you think about Michael Jordan at UNC. And those mm-hmm. that footage, and that's how like winning championships and it's like full stadiums full of people. And then you see Scotty's footage from what? What was it? Central Arkansas. Yeah, and Central Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like half the the the, the small. It looks like a high yeah. school gym. Yeah. And it's yeah. like half the audience is or half the stands are empty. 
and this guy's like destroying, and then he becomes one of the top players ever. I think I saw a hand. pig it's sitting really in the cool. stands in one of those games. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> like livestock probably did. in the upper yeah, yeah. section. <laughs> there's a livestock auction after the game, I think. <laughs> and uh, I, I like the, there's a clip of one of his friends from uh, um, college. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah he, he always believed he would be one of the best players in, in the, the NBA. world. In the NBA. Yeah. Or, he, or that he'd, he'd make, make it to the, the NBA. NBA. And then the, the interviewer's like, and did you believe him? No. 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 <laughs> this is no. point blank. Nope. I, I did no. like the Bill Clinton cameo where he was like, I knew he was going to be awesome. I was like, that's, yeah, that's a nice yeah, yeah, revision yeah. of sure history. You sure you did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were a huge Scotty Pippen fan when he was in college. Right. Yeah. You, you weren't all even right, watching Bill. the game. You were looking at all the co-eds, Bill. We know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more believable when when Obama was saying that he you know is a big Michael Jordan fan, but because he's in Chicago. But to say you're because you you're from Arkansas that you're a big Scottie Pippen guy. Nope. No, come on now. I wouldn't pa- put it past Bill, man. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. didn't impeach. I would have impeached him just based on that. If he had said that in the nineties, uh, I would have impeached him yourself. based on. <laughs> Never mind the blowjob. Okay, back to the podcast. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Another cool quote is uh, when Charles Oakley was uh, describing Michael to uh, Pippin. They're like, uh, "So Michael's a superstar, but he's he's not one of the superstars. Not someone you'd go to have dinner with. Right? It, it'd be like yeah. you can't just go out and have dinner with this guy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Not yeah. that kind of guy. Yeah. Well, the other crazy thing he's is that special. when Pippin said he was going to be better than Jordan. That was Michael Jordan's best individual season ever, Scotty's rookie season right. too. Yep. So it's like he That's was true. already this, but then he yeah. just went even t- higher. That's funny. right, thirty-seven point one points per game. Yeah. Uh, so they flash forward to uh, again the ninety-seven, ninety-eight season right before it, and Scotty uh, is out for two to three months because he decides to have surgery uh, after the summer, his, right? Uh, yeah. After the summer, yeah. instead of during the summer, he decides to have surgery right then, right before the start of the season, which would take him out for a few, well, several games yeah. of the season. Um, he pulled a shack. The yeah, yeah. The Bulls start off zero and four. Uh, they ask Phil Jackson if he was frustrated with Scotty at the time, and uh, Phil says no. You gotta love Phil. You have to love yeah. Phil. He always has yeah. the players' backs. No yeah, and, what. and and I believed them yes. when he said yeah. no, right? Yeah. yeah, he's like, we this is this is, we knew this was going to be uh, you know we have to fill in the spots where you know Scotty was absent and uh, we move forward. That was it. Yeah, um, but I loved I loved uh, um, uh, what was the the quote? Um, oh, it was, it was Scotty's quote when he's like they were questioning why you know that you know the fact that he decided to have this the surgery so late and he's like. I wasn't gonna fuck up my summer. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Like, hey, that's He's my like, time. They right? don't, they don't want me. So I felt like, what? The, well, I'm not gonna fuck up my summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> he was really angry at that. You could see even because this is from the interview, like the recent interview with him. You could see he's still angry about it. Like he was still angry about that, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I'm not gonna fuck up my summer. I I think um, what I loved the most was how they then shifted it to Michael and how he was going to have to raise his game and carry the load a little more. Yeah. And then how he well, says, what, yeah. he goes, yeah, I'm going to have to carry the load a little more. And then he kind of smiles at that reporter and says, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like yeah, exactly. You, so thought, you thought it was a, uh, a, 
yeah a quote to kind of shit on the other guys like why are you leaving me alone he goes no no i kind of like this yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and then but he did say in the current interview that he's you know that scotty made a, you know he made a mistake <laughs> he was being selfish yeah well yeah he so uh, the whole beginning of the season took a toll on uh jordan but the, like to uh echo brian's point they then shift uh to michael jordan as a kid yeah Playing basketball against his uh, brother, Larry, and uh, then eventually going to Laney High School. Yeah. But that, and that's, that's where the, I think that's where that, that thread I was talking about in terms of family and how people were raised and stuff that impacted them as a kid. Like that's where they really Mm -hmm. talked about. And I, I, I'd known this, I'd known how the, you know, the, 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 from the, even from back from Come Fly With Me, where the Michael Jordan talks about how the day, you know, the daily battles in the backyard with his older brother, Larry. (laughs) Uh, yeah. that really fueled his competitive drive. But when you t- when you got down to the heart of it, and they're interviewing Michael Jordan and uh, and his uh, you know they're showing footage of interviews with his dad um, and his and his brother Larry, a current one from his with his brother Larry. You and Michael Jordan says, I, I really what it came down to is he wanted to beat his his brother Larry to mm-hmm. vie for his father's attention because yep. Larry seemed to be the guy who was the he could do everything. He was the most competitive, and his father was always like calling on his brother Larry to go to help him with the, the you know, the whatever putting something together or they're, they're working on a, a project in the house or something. Like that. It was always because Michael didn't know about at what whether it was a <laughs> wrench or a screwdriver or what it was or, and so really at the end of the day, it was a, his drive was to beat his brother Larry so that he get his father's attention, and that's what fucking hit home for me because it was like, it was it was such a it's such a classic. Uh, story with families and like wanting to you know whether your father's absent whether your fa- you know your 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 you, your drive is that your family was poor it all comes from the either the trauma you experienced or just that whatever how you were raised and their father would Mike Jordan's father would push him and push the yeah. kids to do better and you just it's it's it was ignited in him from such a young age and to think of that he took that fuel and became this fucking juggernaut. Uh, it's crazy to think that that stuck with him. His to this day probably sticks with him. Well, uh, to that point in 1985, he led the Bulls in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and he won the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And then the following, the then soon after that, uh, he breaks his foot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Third game of the second season. Yeah. 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 And, uh, which is what, the first which, time I'd seen footage of that that moment. I don't think I've ever seen foot. I've seen the, him hobbling to the bench, mm-hmm. right. but I had not seen him land. And and because you wouldn't even think anything really happened. He just is running down the court on a fast break, and someone's beside him. And he, he said he, he said he just he land landed flat footed, yeah. and broke a bone in his foot. And that was that was it. You didn't cringe. <laughs> I did cringe. I, cringe. I, I like, cringed. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like fuck. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he's. He's going through rehab. He's, he, of course, the competitive nature in him. He wants to play. You, they show footage of him sitting on the, on, like on the bench, but still shooting the basketball. Even I, th- I th- he's probably betting with a little kid. Probably, right <laughs> probably in the, in the stands, right? Yeah. And then he talks about how he convinced uh, the team to let him go back to North Carolina. Back to they college. did, but they didn't know what they thought. He just wanted to go back and do a little bit of rehab, like you know, for yeah. the facilities there, and to get. And he he did do that. 
and yeah. which part of and I've I've seen this for the last thirty something years from Come Fly with Me, but the footage of him in the in the pool, full Air Jordan head to toe getup, wearing the black and red Jordan ones <laughs> yeah. in the pool doing yeah. his physio. It was like yeah, because you, know, you because you're Michael Jordan, you can yeah. do that. You gotta have traction yeah. on the bottom of that pool, man. Exactly. I mean, yeah. What if there are cameras around? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. then he 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 snuck and was. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I knew that because we've seen him playing with the the North Carolina players in their gym, sort of rehabbing. But I didn't realize he'd done that behind Reinsdorf and Krause's back. I didn't realize he'd yeah. done that. Secretly. I didn't either. I thought he was going back to get some college credits out of the way. I thought that's why he was. I oh. thought that's why he told them he was going back. Because remember, oh, okay, he left okay, early yeah. and he promised his mom he'd get his degree. Yeah, and he had. I, done I it. thought he did. I. Yeah, Was I thought he, he had done, done that the summer. I, I thought he had done that the Maybe. summer of uh, between eighty uh, eighty five and uh, eighty four, eighty five, and eighty five, eighty six. You're season. probably right. Season. Yeah. So he, yeah, in college, when he's awesome. when he's there, he starts playing. He said he started working up to one on ones, two on twos, and then eventually five on five. Yeah. And uh, when he got back to the Bulls, they they realized that his. Injured. His injured calf was bigger than his uh, non-injured calf. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was a problem. And then I think this one of the best quotes uh, to for now for the docuseries, Reinsdorf and Michael have yeah. a discussion. And they're like, look, you <laughs> you can't play. And he's like... Uh, you know what? What are what the percentages of him re-injuring himself? Yeah, the doctor right, says this. Plays, the doctor says that, and the doctors say ten uh, percent. Yeah, right. There's ten percent chance that he re-injures himself. Yeah, and yeah. Michael says, "Well, let's go." Yeah, right. Because there's a ninety percent chance I won't. Yeah, <laughs> and the doctors like so they said, "Well, what happens if he does that injure his foot again?" He's like, "That's his career's over." Yeah, and then Reinsdorf to try to <laughs> put it in terms that Michael could understand. He goes. Look, uh, if let's say you got a headache, right? And I put ten pills in front of you. Nine of these pills are okay. We'll we'll fix it. But there's that one pill, that ten percent, that would kill you. Would you take that pill? Like, <laughs> would you take the chance? And then Michael goes, "Depends on how fucking bad the headache is." <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. so good. But it's true though. Like, it's it's. I can see how frustrating that would be because like, ten percent is nothing. It's you know. Yes, there's a chance. But if you tell me it's this ten percent chance it's going to rain outside, I'm like, it's not going to rain outside. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a but chance, <laughs> but that's not it. But like, if you get hit by the rain, yeah, uh, you can't walk you anymore. Yeah, I know, I understand. <laughs> but oh, but you okay, think ninety yeah. percent chance that he'll be fine? Like, yeah. And someone who wants to play that that's that's a, again a testament to how badly he just loved to play and he loved he wanted to play. Yeah. And uh, I can I can't even imagine how much that killed him to not. And then when they put their minute restrictions on him. They, yeah. they finally agreed to put him, you know, to let him play, and they put seven minutes a half he could play, and on a timer, so it didn't matter w- at what point. It wasn't like okay, his fourteen minutes are up, and now we'll wait till the next whistle. It's like call a timeout to get him out of the game. Yes, exactly. Like they, they, from what I understand, they had a horn on the bench yeah. that would signal whenever the seven minutes yeah. was were up, Something like that, regardless yeah. of what point of the game. Yeah, that he was said at. He, could, he could literally be mid shot, and they'd blow the horn and like get him out. <laughs> And uh, I, there was a quote, another quote, where he tells the the coach at the time, Stan, Stan Arbach, he goes, uh, look, fuck these guys. Give me the most important seven <laughs> minutes of the game, yeah. which I love. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like. <laughs> Only MJ would think to do that. <laughs> yeah. So don't don't necessarily give me the start of the game, but just when you when the shit's going on, yeah. I want that 
yes. to be part of the seven minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and another point that uh, I loved was that, so it gets down to the, to the, the, uh, they, they start, he, they give it, he, Stan Arbach does that and gives them these importments and they, they start to win because they're not mm-hmm. doing well, but yeah. they start to win and they're actually vying for a playoff spot. And then it, that this last game, <laughs> they're they're playing against the was it the Pacers right Indiana yeah and in Indian Indiana and he gets to it there's 14 seconds left they're in, on the verge of possibly winning this game and clinching a playoff spot and the whistle blows and he, they got to take his minutes are up yeah and he's like fuck these guys can't you just put me back in le- it's 14 fucking seconds yeah. Oh my god! And the coach god. is like, no, 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 they're gonna fire yeah, me. They literally <laughs> they're said, fire me. they literally said, you play one second over that fourteen minutes, and you're fired. Yeah. And so, luckily, uh, what was Paxson hit that? Yep. What a, an ugly shot he hit! But he hit a shot, Paxson, yeah. and uh, clinched a playoff spot, and then all hell broke loose. After and then, that. oh, the irony: like Stan Harback got fired. What a month and a half later, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was just it. It. it uh, what I liked about it was that he, because there's, there's a lot of that. Like especially like I've I've been, I follow the Knicks. My dad's again from New York City, mm-hmm. so I, I I've I as much as I love the Bulls, I also follow the Knicks, and which has been a heartbreaking thing for the last you know fucking twenty years, whatever. Um. But there's that always that mentality of well they got to tank this season so they can get a better yep. you know draft pick and blah blah blah. And so that's where the Bulls franchise was at. The the, the uh, Kraus and Reinsdorf were thinking that that was their strategy. They want to we don't want to win the get into the playoffs because we don't we want to make sure that we get a good draft pick. And Michael Jordan's like, "Fuck that! I yeah. I came here to win. I'm not here. I'm not here to like worry about draft picks." And he goes, "I promise to be in the playoffs every season that I'm in this on this team. Mm-hmm. And here's an opportunity to get in the playoffs. And you're telling me that I I can't. We, we, you're worried about a draft pick." You know, yeah. so it, that he ah to see him, that because you that you don't hear that very often. You know, you don't hear, or at least you don't hear a player speak up about how, you know, fuck it, I want to win. I don't care about the draft pick. Players nowadays don't seem to, and most players probably even back then didn't talk about how, you know, fuck the yeah. franchise. I want to win a game. <laughs> you know? There was a they had someone talk talking about that situation. They were like, this basically this violated the most fundamental aspect of sport. Mm-hmm. The fundamental the fundamental aspect of Michael, of how Michael conducted his life, yeah, you do it at the highest level and you do it to win. Yeah. So the the tanking, pfft, that yeah. never enters his mind. No, he wants to yeah. win at all costs. It doesn't make any sense to him to, to, to lose, sort of let let the team lose so they can get a better draft pick. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, so because of uh, Michael's involvement and how they, they kind of did well enough to get the eighth seed, uh, for the playoffs, uh, they got to play against the Celtics, the first seed in your the Eastern team. Conference. Your team, the Celtics. My team. <laughs> My team. And then Larry Bird actually says he believed that that Celtics team was the best Celtics team he ever played on. Yeah. So imagine that. Yeah. Well, I think right? I have a lot of people, even Bill Simmons is a huge Celtics guy, has said that that's the best Celtics team they've ever had, that 86 team. Yeah. I mean, and Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Bill Walton, all seven-footers who can play. And then you had Danny Ainge, Dennis Johnson, like these scrappiest of scrappiest, yeah. toughest of like guards. And, of course, Larry Bird. Uh, so he's, he, Bird says it. He's like, we were a big team, and we were like, they were hard to beat. And it's like a In full team yeah. going yes. up against yes. Michael Jordan. one Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Right? 
And this is what he does. <laughs> this is what he does. First game, he hits 49 points. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking crazy. They, they in the, lose in the, game. the playoffs against one yeah. of the best teams to ever be assembled. Yeah. yeah. He scores 49 points. He loses the game, but I think they named him the player of the game. They did. Nonetheless, yes, they right? did. In both games. Which is crazy. Which is right? ne- unheard of. You, yeah. you, you don't usually see a guy who l- lost the game get named player of the game, but 49 points in the playoffs. So Yeah. And then uh, this cool uh, tidbit, uh, the next day he goes, between game one and game two, he goes golfing with Danny Ainge. Oh, yeah. Right? And Danny Ainge says, yeah, I, t- I took a couple of bucks off of him. Yeah. <laughs> And because of that, uh, the next, before the game, oh, wait, no, Jordan goes to Ainge, taps him. He goes, hey, tell your boy DJ I got something for him tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so DJ, yeah, DJ, uh, Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson. <laughs> He's gonna, who who's going to guard him. Who is the best defender. Who is the best, best defender on the, on the Celtics yeah. Yeah. and was going to guard Michael Jordan the next day. And then Michael Jordan dropped 63 points. <laughs> how about the confidence, too? Points. The second-year player who hasn't played all season. <sighs> Still popping yep. off and then backs yeah. it up every time. Yeah, that's so the amazing. thing is that he not only had the t- he not only had a talk to talk, but he could walk it. Like he could, he, he was, he could always always back up. And you, and you, do, you never want to. So in essence, because you never want to piss him off. So in essence, fucking uh, Danny Ainge is responsible for the sixty three point game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not even he wasn't even. He's just imagine you're just playing golf. Yeah. Right? You you go there to play to win, right? Yeah. And you just kind of win, but because of that, you cause this. Yes, you cause <laughs> a, a rage. But that's that's exactly. how crazy his psyche is. Is that his co- competitive? You can't even call it a competitive spirit because it's not a spirit. It's like he's obsessed with competition. Yeah. And the second that he you you he feels you've won at something or as simple as a stupid golf game. He's gonna fucking destroy you now. Yeah, and yeah. your whole life, and your team, and your family. <laughs> like, it's which crazy. reminds me of uh, a story I'd read about him, about Michael Jordan. This is n- not related to the Last Dance, but uh, Jordan was having like a really bad game, like bad shooting game, and the opponent's bench because it was a series. They were like, "Yo, I hope he starts hitting his shots." Because if he doesn't, he'll be really pissed off next game. <laughs> That's right. You know. Um, so well, do you remember that old so, the the story? Of Buzz Peterson, who was his high school or his uh, North Carolina roommate and friend on the yep. team, and how he called out Jordan for cheating in cards against Buzz's mother. He's like, Jordan, Michael, are you cheating against my mom in cards? He's like, yep, yep, I gotta win. I gotta beat your mom. Oh my God. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, oh my God, it's, it's nuts. Um, so yeah, he scores sixty three points. He uh, he of course become he gets a player of the game again, yeah, even losing. though they lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, then Larry actually has a quote saying that wasn't Michael Jordan, that was God disguised as Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's a famous right? quote from back in the day. It's it's uh it's pretty yeah. coming from Larry Bird. He, he didn't dish out compliments too often. No, yeah. Well, that's uh, what I thought was interesting too, because then they kind of came back with. Larry, uh, well, old footage from then, Larry being very complimentary of Michael, and then they had a mm-hmm. clip of Magic being very complimentary. And he, I think even yeah. Isaiah, which I thought was very interesting, especially coming off the freeze-out of the All-Star game in, <laughs> in 85, and those guys were all competitive. They usually weren't handing out those compliments to each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Um, so yeah, Ma- actually, magic does. They do flip to magic. He does he give him praise, and then he goes, uh, "Michael just needed the right horses to go along with him," uh, which is a perfect segue uh, into Kraus. Very Kraus. <laughs> you calling him a horse? Yeah, no, horse no, no, no. But he <laughs> he gets credit for assembling a roster that fit Michael Jordan. Right. Right. So at the time, Oakley wasn't the right fit for Jordan, even though he was a very good friend of Michael Jordan. Uh, he traded Oakley for Cartwright. Yep. And even though Oakley he, was a good friend of Michael Jordan's and fit well yeah. on the team, it was that they needed a big man. And then uh, the draft, he got Horace Grant and Pippin. Uh, so he gets credit for assembling a great team to surround Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, but his one fault was that Kraus couldn't get out of his own way. Right. Right. Um. So and because yeah, because he, he wanted the credit, he wanted he wanted the yeah. credit. He wanted he he wanted to be seen as equal or if not more than the players themselves. Like he yeah. he, he just couldn't. He it drove him nuts that. Yeah, and it, uh, all credit is given to him that he he did put those teams together that won championships, but. You can't you you know you're you're a, a back office guy like no one no one cares that you put mm-hmm. it you did that if the average fan is not going to care that you did this they p- watch the players play and the players are the ones out there on the court busting their asses and putting their you know their bodies on the line every night and but, another but I find weird shot at Reinsdorf oh, for not managing that personality yeah right yeah should have exactly said, behind closed doors Jerry you're the greatest you're the best but then yeah. hey man temper that when you go out in front of the microphones man. Yeah. Well, he did win uh, Executive of the Year, right? Yeah. Right. So even with that, I, it wasn't enough, which is weird. What else would you want, man? He wanted the praise. Right? He wanted the praise from yeah. the media, I think. Uh, like the bull- like the, like the players were getting. It's um, ridiculous. So they, they talk about that. Kraus k- kind of explains his point being, uh, look, he's never going to stop to try to make the team better. Mm-hmm. Which is this is all about the why he would be dealing Pippin in the trade right. or whatnot or whoever whichever player right, and uh, they end part two with the little story about Pippin uh, cursing out Kraus on yeah. the, the team bus. Yeah, and I they had to rein. I mean, Phil Jackson had to rein him in for sure because it's yeah, you can't be doing that. Like, yeah, I know you're frustrated. And, you know, Kraus is it was like a whiny little bitch and stuff, but yeah. It's like you, you, it's not professional, you know. Yeah, you do that in an email. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> was not the email out in around in ninety. I guess the email was around in ninety seven. <laughs> Electronic <it> mail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got mail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and finally, yeah, they end the series with uh, the Pippin demanding a trade. Right. That was it. Yeah. That was it. That was That's a cliffhanger. Part two. Yeah. That, yeah, oof, that, that was a part edge. two. So we had to wait a week to see part three. We don't know. We, we don't know what happened. Happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Pippin? Whatever happened to Pippin? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You guys ready to get into Rodman right away? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think so. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So, um, so part three is talking about Rodman. They go. Um, Rodman does mention that. So we all know how crazy Rodman is and blah, blah, blah. But he mentions in an interview with, uh, I think it was, who was it? I forget that lady's name. Oh, um, hmm. I'm blanking. Anyways, I'm blanking. He's in an interview. Yeah. And he says, "No one can say anything bad about me. That's a teammate, right? Meaning, yeah, 
you you ask any one of my teammates and there's no way someone says something bad about me. So mm-hmm. he's, he's saying he's a good teammate. And right away, I can see that. I can see that right away. Yeah. He's totally the guy that you love to have as a teammate and hate to have as an opponent. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, he was called what the uh what did um Payton? Gary Payton Gary Payton called him the the the, <laughs> the he's he was the what did he call Dennis him? Dennis Rodman was the fuck up guy. The fuck up guy. That's it. He was the yeah. fuck up guy. He's the, he was a guy that was a pest. He was a pest. Yeah. He yeah. just fucks everything up. He's a pest, shutting yeah. down anyone that he wanted to. That's it. It was always a challenge. Yeah. He was one of them players that would change the game just by his presence. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. I like though because in that in that same interview that you're referring to was uh they they asked do you think you know the media has caused all this or so I think I think that's what they, they asked is, is the media responsible for all this craziness or they he said no I created this monster and yeah yeah he's like took full responsibility for it. he's like no it's, it's this is me this is how I live my life <laughs> yeah well and by choice yeah like you said that his teammates loved him I think it, maybe the fans the Bulls fans were ticked that he was coming to the Bulls I know I was. Like yeah, I we can't too. have a bad boy piston on this team. There's no way. Yeah. And then yeah. I was eager to see what the reactions were going to be. And what Pippen said, hand to a glove. That's how he fit into our team. And then yeah. as it goes, yeah. not to jump ahead, but MJ is nothing but complimentary to him about how he yeah. came to yeah. play and he was smart. And so I think you're right. I mean, if anyone was going to hate the him. It was going to be yeah. Scotty and Michael, and yeah. they obviously loved him. So you're right. They seemingly welcomed him with open arms. Yeah, yeah. like and it, all because all they cared about was playing hard and winning championships, winning ball games, and uh, that's exactly all he wanted to do is play hard and win games. Yeah. So I think that's right the perspective in. of uh, a team that's like ready to scrap. Yeah, yeah, right? but like yeah, if, and like Brian, but like Brian, I was, I was, I was really pissed when I heard they. They they signed oh, that's him. That's cool. That's cool to know. Yeah, because it was yeah. like he was the enemy for so long, and still for that, mm-hmm. even after they had accomplished, you know, championships, after you know, got past the Pistons and won their championships, I was like, no, you're not gonna fucking sign him. And he'd already started with the the ch- dyeing his hair and stuff like that. And I was like, what are you you're signing him? But obviously, uh-huh. you know, that was just an emotional response, and I knew he was, you know, uh, one of the greatest rebounders and defensive players in the league and stuff, and so. You know, you 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 knew he he would do well on the team, which is it was so, gonna be so weird to see him in a Bulls uniform. <laughs> yeah. Does did your guys hate back then, or like uh, like you didn't understand the whole move? Was it is it equivalent to how you view Shaw in the Fast and the Furious franchise <laughs> after uh, you know because he he killed Han, right? right? Or did he? I I don't know. I don't know. Right? I, I, no. Yeah. No, nah, okay, we'll get I can't, back to I that. can't comment on it. I've, I've, I've actually legitimately never seen one of those Fast and Furious movies. What? Not one of them. Get off this podcast. <laughs> this is not the Fast and Furious podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they they talk about the 97-98 uh, season, how Pippin is, has a surgery, and he's a holdout. He won't be there for the beginning of the season. The Bulls start off 8-7. and seven. And then uh, Jordan comments at one point. He goes, "Yeah, like we didn't, we weren't, we weren't playing well. Uh, the rebounding was horrendous." Mm-hmm. Um, and then they note how Dennis uh, Rodman's enthusiasm was lagging, and he how he wasn't really engaged in the games. Um, so his his issue wasn't that he doesn't have the ability because he's the best 
rebounder, the best on-ball defender. Yeah. The issue is his motivation. Right. To stay motivated, right? Yeah. And he, he you're getting to the point where he, he gets ejected at that from that game? So that certainly uh, he gets ejected. Yeah, and then, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so he gets ejected from a game and uh, he knows he fucked up. And apparently, yeah. you know, according to Michael Jordan, uh, came to Michael Jordan's hotel room and he said, you know, Robin never, ever came to his hotel room. And uh, so mm-hmm. he knocks on the door and all Robin said was, you got an extra cigar? Yep. And just that act alone, that Jordan said, I know, I knew that was him apologizing for fucking up. He knew he fucked up, and yet that was his apology. And yeah. from then on, he was straight as an arrow, and they started winning games. Yeah. He, like, so that, that, that one fuck up and then sort of Robin's version of apology was enough to set him straight, and then they started. he started being and the I, Robin that they knew. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I lo- Even now, when Michael's talking about that moment, he says, I was livid yeah. that he got kicked out. Of, like, yeah. livid. Livid is just a strong yeah, word, man. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he needed he needed him. Yeah, he needed. He's yeah. the, the he was the guy he needed to. Now that Scotty was out, he needed his help. And then yeah. he here he is getting ejected from a game, you know. Yeah. But after he said then, after that 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 was it. He 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 never saw him so straight, and he was like, he was he was busting his ass again. Yeah, I have to say uh, there was one part though that uh, there was a. They showed a clip of him, uh, Rodman, and talking to a referee. And Rodman was complaining about how uh, he was getting a low shot, getting low blows. I think. Yeah. And so the refs like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, oh, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. He goes, but I, I see all the shit that you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, it, part of me was like, yeah, it's true. Like he's a really, you know, Rodman shouldn't be complaining. But I, part of me was like, that's fucked up. You know, like yes, okay, Rodman, he does do a lot of nasty shit. But it's like yeah. you can't just turn a blind eye because it has to be equal. You can't, the guy's yeah. getting low blows and you know getting hit in the junk, and you're getting you're like, but I see the shit you do. Yeah, you know it's yeah. like uh, the, I thought that was a really shitty thing that, of the ref to do, but I I, I get it. He, Robin was a pain it's, in the ass, so I guess that's how he was feeling about it. But it's like the Rashid Wallace thing. Yeah, like, you you the refs are always on him. Yeah, the guy looks at him the wrong way. Boom, yeah. tech. Beep. You know, yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Did you have something? Um, sorry, Brian. Did you? Did you, you were, did I cut you off at some point? Oh, Brian. No, I think no. I think uh, Chris said the word "livid," and I think we're going to figure out what "livid" means in Michael Jordan speak coming up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think "livid." That's right. With your wife is one thing. "Livid" with Michael Jordan is another thing, right? Oof. No, yeah, totally. Oof. Like, <laughs> yeah, the rage that must. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so then Phil actually mentions how uh, Dennis Rodman is what held the team together while uh, Pippen was still yeah. out. And then they flash back to uh, Dennis's uh, youth, how at the age of 18, he got kicked out mm-hmm. of his home. And um, he, d- he would just, like, stay with uh, some friends. and yeah, he'd sleep like, in people's backyards and backyards. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, He'd play ball just to occupy his time. And someone in college asked him if he would come play for them. Mm-hmm. And he said, sure. <laughs> and again, it goes back to, too, the the, the credit given to him. I mean, he, I mean, we're taking him at his word. But mm-hmm. he said he could. He had every opportunity to like start dealing drugs. Yep. All his friends were dealing drugs. Probably family members were dealing drugs. Yep. And he saw it in front of him every day, and he literally would see it and go walk out the house and go to school or go to the you know the go to the yeah. the park and shoot hoops, and that was sort of his way to you know deal with all that stuff. Do you see the parallel between that and like how Mike Michael in his rookie year 
went into that hotel yeah. room with all his other friends really, yeah, like, for like sure. all the other players and he's like nah not for me and yeah I'm not focused yeah. on something else and, but it's also again it's that back that's the third example of that thread where your upbringing really impacts who you become and like him uh, getting kicked out of his house and growing up without a father uh, he because Rodman and we'll see more of it as we go along but he really was in search in many ways in search of a father figure whether it be Chuck Daly and then later on it was uh, Phil Jackson, but it's like he even even big brothers like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, even though they're probably around the same age, there they were he he was looking for that family and that support. It seems like his whole life, and and I'm sure that plays into you know all the wild craziness that he gets into is like he's almost like he he didn't feel value and again I apologize if I'm getting too psychologically uh, becoming a and I'm analyzing it too much, but. He he's like searching for this stuff because it, like he didn't f- have it feel it growing up and he didn't feel worthy and so he's like he he's almost putting all this persona and craziness out there so that it keeps people at bay so mm. that they don't they don't can't hurt him and they can't abandon him because he's so he he won't let them in until so they they can't hurt him kind of thing so that's how I see it anyway and it, it it just mm. um, yeah, but would, again it's that th- that thread you know I, I think through all right. the like that's the family thing I think the family too, thing and that that yeah. If, if you have access to it, they just did a 30 for 30 on Rodman that goes yeah. way down mm. deep into all that stuff. It's <laughs> yeah, really good exactly. And tragic yeah. and sad and incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. so he, he's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's one people should check out too if they have yeah. access to it. But uh, it's just, I, I, and I do, I, fi- I found, even in this, even in this, the, 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 you know, you're not getting a full documentary on Rodman. But you're you're seeing enough of his life to like, you feel I, I feel like a sadness from him like it's, there's something deeply sad to me yeah. about Rodman, yeah. And uh, it's um it's yeah I again it, I think that's fuels who he is and who he was as a basketball player. Like he was able to focus yeah. uh, intensely on the craft of playing basketball, but outside that it was like he didn't want to as much as he was like sort of sort of a people person. He also wanted to not let really people get in too close and personal with him. So. They couldn't yeah. hurt him. It was, uh, yeah. Well, he even mentioned he, he mentions in college how every time he'd be on the court, he'd ball out every time. Yeah, he didn't know how he to play. He ended his uh, yeah. the season with twenty seven points, about fourteen, fifteen rebounds a game. Yeah, just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, another crazy. He was drafted between oh, Pippen and Rodman. Yeah. They didn't mention this with Rodman, but they did with Pippen. Pippen grew what like six or seven inches in college. Something crazy. Yeah. Yes. They don't mention it growing, here, growing, but in that thirty yeah. for thirty, Rodman grew ten or eleven inches, something insane, <laughs> after he was twenty yeah, or twenty-one years old. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wh- what is that? That is <laughs> I know, incredible. I know. I know. Pippen. I remember. And they were saying Pippen grew five inches. One like he was. He he shot up to six five, and then uh, the next year was like six seven. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Rodman gets drafted in the second round, uh, the 27th pick of the draft by the Detroit Pistons. And then there's 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 a quote by Chuck Daly, which I think is cool. Like, I don't know. Every, anytime you see Chuck Daly in any uh, documentary, mm-hmm. I see him so much as like a father figure. Yes. Yeah. Like to these players, right? Yeah. So uh, he, he's talking about Rodman. He goes, you talk about a coach's dream. Couldn't be a player I'm more proud of and proud to be associated with. Right. Yeah. And then there's a quote from there's a clip of uh, an assistant coach saying he was working with Rodman after the practice on a couple of things. And then Chuck Daly yeah. pulls the coach aside and he says, uh, just leave him be. Yeah. You don't put a saddle 
on a Mustang, <laughs> <laughs> which I loved. That was yeah, great. That was good. Um, and then the interviews for the uh, Last Dance docuseries, they go, they asked him if he was a troublemaker in college. He goes, no. He goes, he got that uh, from the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. The fucking assholes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then they talk about how the, the the Detroit Pistons were viewed as the bad boys of the league, right? They embraced that moniker, and how um, there was a question of whether they threatened the safety of the league's top players, and the answer was, well, it's more like they didn't care. Yeah, it's, which was a yeah. It's not like that they were right. Um. So they were saying how the bad boys, the Detroit Pistons, were crashing the party. It was all about the Lakers and the uh, Celtics, and then yeah. Detroit Pistons are like the party crashers. Yeah, but I, I that was that was some bullshit there too because there there they were that because they were they were like they took it to another level of roughness. But the Celtics were a, a, a aggressively defensive, like a, a very aggressive team too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the the yes the Lakers were all the the Showtime Lakers and the, they were the Flash and they were the you know the fast breaks and all that stuff, but the Celtics were a down and dirty gritty team, uh, not not afraid to get no fight, very yep. very physical. They were sort of the precursor to the Bad Boys. The Bad Boys just took it uh, to another level. But this, to yeah. say we broke up the little party between the Lakers and the Celtics <laughs> was like, no, the Celtics were pretty badass themselves. They may were maybe not the bad boys, but they were yeah. they were badass. There's, yeah, there's they there's, were rough. Oh, Rambis, Kurt Rambis, Kurt Rambis too. Yeah, but the, the I mean, fight. Like, yes, I guess. Uh, right? So the league in general was Abdul-Jabbar. rough. Jabbar. It wasn't like they came along and changed no. the game. <laughs> no, no, no. They no. were just they just took it to a dirty level, like an extra yeah, dirty level, like yeah. a an unethical level. <laughs> There's clips of like Lakers scoring and then Larry Bird grabbing the ball and then trying to inbound it. But while he's inbounding, he's he's checking Michael Cooper into the into yeah, the fan, that's into right. the cameraman, <laughs> that's right? right? right. He's yeah. Checking him into yes. the cameraman and passes the ball in. Yeah, and he yeah. comes they, in. They all did dirty stuff and they were all rough. They were rough around the edges. But so to, for them for them to say like we we were we were like breaking up the party between <laughs> the the the, 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 the No, dance. I think what they meant is. No, like the I'm, champi- I'm, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it too. Uh, yeah. So okay. Uh, they so they even mentioned. I think John Sally was the one to say. Yes. They recognized how important it was for the NBA to get Michael to the next level. Yeah. Right. Which which okay business wise makes total sense. Right. Yeah. Your top player. Um, and then they ask. Um. I think they asked Michael currently how legitimate was the hatred. Oh yeah. Right. Well, the the second the second that they even brought them up, like they, they yeah, how he goes I hate uh, he goes and didn't say I hated them. I know yeah. he did say I hated them, but you can sense he still hates them. He really does still hate them. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. He goes I hated them. And he does still hate them I, for sure. Yeah, I think he yeah. goes on to confirm it in another episode. Yes, he it's does. Still current. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, um, one player in particular. So they talk about uh, the bad boys. The bad boys basically had the quote unquote Jordan rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jordan rules. Uh, he and the, these. This is uh, basically to stop him before he takes off. Right. So while Jordan's up in the air, you can't, they're done. Yeah, you can't. You if can't he touch gets him. Up in the air, he, he's done. Um, they're done. Sorry, uh, but the Jordan rules are the these. Okay, first rule on the wings. 
You push him to the elbows. You don't let him drive to the baseline. Yep. Rule number two, when on top, influence him to his left. Right. These okay. all sound like very solid basketball all strategies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the low post, you trap from the top. Right. So Again, solid basketball like, strategy. Yeah. So when listed that way, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's a good yeah, plan. There are, fun, there are strict fundamentals right there. Oh, there, was they one, are, they are. there was one very important you left off. Oh, he's getting to it, I'm sure. I know. No, I know he is. I'm setting him up. <laughs> Um, so basically then they ask well what happens when he does get to the baseline so the the Jordan rules were all about not letting him get to the baseline Yeah. what happens when he gets to the baseline he goes well Lambier and Mahorn put him on the ground right Right. and what (laughs) very softly like rock him to sleep yes yeah they put him on the ground (laughs) they put him on the ground (laughs) so they just wanted so the Pistons were like well how bad do you want it right they want to make sure, like, there's there's no, like, if you want to score, you got to show us how badly you want it because yeah. we're going to put you on the ground. And they, they several of them reiterated that if he entered the paint, he was being put on the ground. Yeah. He was being knocked to the floor. Yeah. And uh, that's something that people, you know, they don't, you know, we, we will, you know, have discussions with the people who are fans of this era, the current era, and you can't really... Obviously, it's difficult to compare, compare era to era because it's you know mm-hmm. it, 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 times change and all that stuff. But it, the fact that they, no one really has to deal with any of that these days—it's just I'm not saying people couldn't have if they had grown up in that era, they would have had to uh, deal with it. But you just take someone out of this era and put them in that era, and I think they they'd probably call the police during the game <laughs> with some of the stuff that would have happened because it was literally like they beat they beat you to the ground physically, beat you to the ground. It was it yeah. was uh it was something to watch, man. It was it was crazy. Like you couldn't believe they were getting away with it. Well, I heard it was someone, just part of the game back then. I heard someone mention that like even Allen Iverson probably wouldn't have had a very long career if he had started ten years earlier. As tough as he was, he's just so yeah. small. You mean Steph Curry would have never survived? Not not because no. these guys are weak, <laughs> but just they're just such smaller guys. Yeah. Now, like someone like LeBron, obviously, LeBron would have adapted, obviously, because he's a physical specimen yeah. himself. Uh, so I'm not. I would never say that LeBron couldn't handle it then if he had grown up then. But like taking someone out of this era and putting them there, uh, I, they, it would be a rude awakening for sure. But uh, well, and yeah, not so because th- that that not not because they would be good, but because they would probably be physically injured beyond yes continuing to play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you've you've got a league now where it's like the people you know will flop. You got the flop epi- epidemic, you know, where not so it hasn't been so bad the past few years, but it's, people still do it. Where you just get you look at the guy the wrong way and they're on the floor. And imagine actually getting slammed to the floor by like a Rick Mahorn. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So that was the Jordan uh, rules. Yeah. <laughs> Knock him to the ground. Knock him to the ground. Uh. So. They and they also mentioned how the league, like to to the point that you guys said, uh, the, the league was not making sure that the savior was all right. Like, yeah, that they, was yeah. The, the refs the refs weren't looking at Michael Jordan to make sure he was okay when he was on the ground. It was just no. that was it. That's not how it was played back then. Yeah, that's how it was. It's like you guys, that was just a good hard foul. Yeah. Uh, so basically, during those years, they say that Detroit has Chicago's numbers, and it's true they did beat. Chicago's big monster was the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, right. And it was big. Yeah, and they they're they're 
their physicality got into the heads of the the bulls the pistons how physical the pistons were and how you know they would they would knock you to the ground it would get in the bulls heads they were young they were still somewhat ex- inexperienced in the playoffs and they would uh they they knew once they once the, i can't remember who said it but what they said once we saw them complaining it to the refs we knew we had them and that was it yeah yeah um, we should also say that in, during this time uh maybe you're going to get to it too but uh, this is uh, this is when Doug Collins kind of entered the picture as well the, the, yeah. the new coach they they fired our uh Stan whatever his name was our back our back yeah and uh hired Doug Collins and and Jordan and Collins hit it off immediately yeah we can get into it so yeah they do the coaching change in 86 87 Doug Collins uh there's a there's a quote where Doug Collins is coaching his first game Two minutes to go. <laughs> he's chewed his gum to a powder. Yeah, and he's got that uh, that white that stuff white mouth yeah. muck that you have on the side of your mouth yeah. when you chew gum too long. And then uh, Michael comes over to him, hands him a drink, says, "Clear that stuff off your mouth. I'm not gonna let you lose your first game." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. And then he proceeds to score like the last ten points of the game, and yeah. for a total of fifty, and then they win the game. And um, Doug, but, yeah, but Sorry, back, but no, but back to what Brian and I were saying too, about how he can back that shit up. He doesn't just mm-hmm. say stuff and then not back it up. Yeah, he's he handed part. he handed his coach a cup of water in a in a timeout. <laughs> said wipe that stuff off your mouth. I'm not gonna let you lose your first game because yeah. it was the first game of the season for them. And he fucking scored ten more points and for a total of fifty and won the game for them. <laughs> like yeah. It's it, you doesn't I don't I don't know when when that's ever happened since I don't know I can't pick I can't I can't imagine it <laughs> right against guys yeah, that so were the, wanting to hurt him foul <laughs> hard like we just talked yeah about. exactly and guys were trying to knock him to the ground at the same time um, they talk about how Doug and Mike's relationship was like how they truly like liked each other yeah I um and how Doug tried to maintain a competitive aspect in practice. So he'd have like Michael play with the first unit, yeah, and then switch him over to like the, the other team. Yeah, yeah, he was he would start off playing with the starters, and then yeah. switch him to the like the, the the bench team. Yeah, and then have to come back. He'd have to fight his way back. I yeah. I, I was so, a little yeah. surprised to hear Michael say how much he loved Doug, and yeah. vice versa. Because mm-hmm. my memory back eighty eight eighty nine was that there was a lot of infighting between the two, and I you know. I was 13, 14, just reading out the paper. I don't really know how much of that was true, but that was my memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they didn't get along so well. And I was so 15, well. 16. I, I, I do, I do va- vaguely have the same recollection that you do. Um, but again, we, we you know, the, I think they even alluded to that in the, in the, in the documentary where the press kind of tried to make it seem like yeah. there was some infighting. Because yeah. at one point, the, the uh, Michael was pissed off, and maybe you're going to bring that up too. But Michael was pissed off because he thought that Doug was cheating on the scoring in the, during the yes. scrimmage. So like, get, like take either taking points off or giving points to the team that he was not on. And yeah. so he got pissed off and walked out of the practice. And then the the media was making oh there's there's fighting between Doug Collins and Michael Jordan and and then mm-hmm. so during a, pre- a sort of a press conference or an interview with a bunch of reporters with the media, Doug Collins is like. 
call Michael Jordan happens to be walking in or out of the, the, the practice facility. Yeah. And he's like, Michael, you just come over here and give me a kiss and let these guys know we, we love each other. And so Michael comes and gives him a big kiss on the cheek and they hug. And he's like, Which I'm like, other. whoa, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you get your own picture of Michael Jordan doing that, but that's, yeah, yeah. that's, I think that, that probably what Brian and I remember mm-hmm. is that, is that, is that the press was trying to make it like, oh, there's a fight between the two of them and maybe there really wasn't uh, anything to it. Well, uh, they do mention how Doug Collins coached for Michael Jordan, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Under Doug Collins, uh, Jordan got MVP of the league, yeah. MVP of the All Star Game. He was a dunk championship, a dunk champion, sorry, and a Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Right. And uh, then they jumped to the '89 playoffs mm-hmm. against uh, Cleveland, right? Uh, Where the series is tied two-two. Poor Elo. Yeah, <laughs> and how he he mentioned that then there's a, I think uh, the beat writer Sam Smith he's talking about this part yeah. he goes there's two other uh, writers that um, had predicted that Cleveland would win this series three zero the other writer was saying Cleveland would win it three one and Sam Smith said he did Cleveland would win three two and then Michael walked by them before <laughs> Game Five and goes. We took care of you. We took care of you, <laughs> and now we're gonna take care of you. Yeah, like the balls, man. <laughs> and again, he it got down to the point where he had to hit a winning shot in that game in Game Five, yeah. at the buzzer, and that's the obviously the famous shot, uh, the shot on Elo. Yeah. And but again, it's he, he was pissed at the reporters who were writing them off in the series, and it's like. That was enough to make him. Uh, there's no way I'm going to lose this series, yeah. and and let those guys be right. So he he, uh, he had to prove everybody wrong. That's what one of the things his dad said too. Is like he just he wanted to prove you wrong. If you said something negative about it, something he couldn't do, he was going to prove you wrong, and he he so often did. Yeah. Uh, also in this segment, there's a snippet of Ron Harper talking about how uh, the Bulls were. Sorry, the Cleveland Cavaliers were up 100 to 99 mm-hmm. with uh, six seconds left. Sorry, no, three yeah. seconds left. Yeah, and then uh, Harper says, "Put me like yeah. put me on." MJ. He was the better defender between the yeah. who was the better Elo. defender. Yeah. Michael Jordan says it himself. Yeah, and uh, the coach says Elo is gonna guard Michael yeah. Jordan. <laughs> Ron Harper's like, "All right, fuck this bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how these guys feel feel the same. They, 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 it's like it's talking about it brings them right back to when it happened. They're, they can see, yeah. you can feel how angry <laughs> Harper can, was totally. still about the fact that he couldn't guard Michael Jordan in that play, that one play for three seconds. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Jordan hits the shot. <laughs> Apparently, he says while he's pumping his fifth in the air, yeah. he's like he's shouting, "Go home, ho- go yeah. home, fuckers, go yeah. home, motherfuckers." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was funny because yeah. I didn't. I, you're assuming. I mean, I don't know if that's who he was actually saying, but it, maybe that was in his mind. He was saying that because. I, but if he was actually saying that, that's pretty hilarious. I, I tried to like the replay yeah. the that clip. And I'm looking at his lips to see if he's saying "fuckers." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So uh, they do have that. They do jump back to Rodman. Um, they talk about how there was a low point in his life. There was uh, and that kind of um, ended his career in Detroit, where he wouldn't play another game for the Pistons. He was traded to the San Antonio Spurs. Right. Then this whole Madonna thing happened, and then uh, 
the idea of getting Rodman to the Bulls came about, and Kraus was like, we wanted nothing to do with Rodman. And then Phil, Phil Jackson, uh, talks about his first meeting with Dennis Rodman and how it, it was horrible. Yeah. It, it, it went terribly bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I just, just you mentioned Madonna though, so it just hit me because they were he was dating Madonna at the time, mm-hmm. and she was giving him life advice and yeah. saying <laughs> like if you you know just be yourself, don't listen to what anybody says, be yourself. And I'm thinking to myself, if you're taking life advice uh-huh. from Madonna, <laughs> you are probably on the wrong path in your life. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. And then we get back to the the what the I think what uh, Brian said. Uh, eventually, Pippin. There's a quote of Pippin saying how Rodman fit in like a hand in a glove. Mm-hmm. And there's a mention of how uh, Dennis Rodman is one of the smartest guys out there. Um, the '98 Bulls then they're like top of the Eastern Conference, but there's still questions about the next season. Uh, this all the interviews with uh, Michael Jordan. This is what they're jumping to. Yeah, how every interview right oh. before the during the ninety seven ninety eight season is about what's going to happen next mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I can't imagine how exhausting that must be just to yeah. have to hear that every like. And I think he at one point he he was talking to some of the I think Ahmad Mashar was in the room and he was in the I think he was in one of the like a back office kind of thing and yeah. Uh, a few reporters were there, like local Chicago reporters. And, you know, he was saying, it's not you guys don't do it anymore, but it's like every time I'm on the road, it's the mm-hmm. same question. It's the same answer over and over again. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I can't, it's gotta be exhausting. Like, can, didn't you just read my answer? Like yesterday, yeah. it's the same answer. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, so yeah, the 97, 98 season is about to start. Oh no, sorry. It is started. Uh, eventually Pippin returns. Right. He, yeah. It, two months ago, he said he'd never play for the Bulls at, uh, ever again. Yeah, he said he was done. Uh, but then uh, he he changes his mind, and then he rejoins the team. Uh, at that point, it's clear that Dennis Rodman liked loved the fact that Michael Jordan needed him, like want like yeah. needed him so much when it was just them two, just the two of them. Yeah. But now with Pippen back, he feels like the third wheel. Yeah. He rever- he goes back to his drinking and his partying. Uh, and then they 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 eventually get to the point where Dennis wants a vacation. <laughs> yeah, he asked Phil Jackson for a vacation. <laughs> yeah, who you've never heard? I've never heard anything like that before or since. And it's it's amazing how Michael Jordan describes it. It's like I get called into the office with Phil Jackson and Rodman, and Phil says to Michael Jordan, "Dennis wants a vacation." <laughs> It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? If anybody needs a vacation, I'm the one who needs a fucking vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, but man. then, so that, yeah, so Phil Jackson says, well, you know, how about it's the weekend? I'll give you 48 hours. So you have 48 hours. And Michael's like, Phil, if you give this guy 48 hours, we're not going to ever see him again. <laughs> 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 and they gave, him, they gave him the 48 hours. They they gave him Rodman's was like, I'll take whatever I can get. and Because he knew yeah. once he got, got granted you know, you know, a leave sort so to speak. He wasn't coming back. Jordan yeah. was right, and he was like, I think, I think they said right from that meeting, he went straight to the airport. Yes, right. He goes, I went right to the fucking airport. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes to Vegas for forty eight hours. Yeah. Uh, oh, he went for longer than forty eight hours. He was yeah, missing sorry, for several days, but yeah, the forty eight hours. Because yeah. uh, they were getting so, to like seventy two hours. They were showing a clock kind of running. 
then actually what Jordan had to go find him had to go get him uh, in the no, hotel he, room? he had he wasn't showing up to practice mm. and what I what so th- they don't really say that he was still in Vegas in the in the documentary but you it's kind of yeah. you I thought he was still in Vegas but what I actually read an article after the fact saying no it, to kind of clear it clarifying he actually did come back from Vegas he was at a I guess he had an apartment across the street from the United Center Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, Michael Jordan, actually just took us, went with a security guard across the street to the United, to his apartment across the street, and knocked on the door. And he was sitting there with, or he was, he was in bed with Carmen, Carmen Electra. Electra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my, and the then, fact that my, and Michael Jordan dragged him out of bed, said, "Come on, get your shit together," and then we went to practice. And then uh, they talk about getting back into practice and how Phil Jackson wanted to get Dennis Rodman back in shape. And this, this, yeah. this part i love i loved it where they did a drill where basically everyone runs around the court in a line and whoever's the leader sets the pace right. of the run and until the one in the back runs up in front then he sets yeah. the pace when, well, yeah as soon as phil blows the whistle the coach blows the whistle the person yeah the, whoever you you have to catch up to the person and who's setting the pace setting yeah. the pace and yeah. then you start setting the pace right so jordan and all judd bushler and steve kerr are all like okay guys let's take it easy like, like, try uh, it no out, i think michael know? jordan said guys I, he goes first of all i'm i i didn't go anywhere i didn't have any vacation i'm not looking to get into the dennis rodman rehabilitation project here he's like i'm gonna let's he told he, he pulled everybody aside and said look you just go at a like a slow jog this is how we're gonna run this thing yeah and then it started and then and, uh, and they, they 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 for the first couple of laps they're just kind of slowly jogging, slowly jogging, and then all of a sudden Dennis Rodman sprints past them, <laughs> and then like in a sprint, and Phil Jackson blows the whistle. So now they took the, he said they took them four laps to catch up to Dennis Rodman. <laughs> That's awesome. I love <laughs> that. So good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's basically it for uh, episode two and three. Uh, we'll jump into the following episodes in another podcast. Maybe not do two in a row. We did pretty good time on these two episodes. So that's pretty cool. Um, since we are the sneaker podcast, how about we talk a bit about uh, the sneakers? Just to close it out, maybe yeah. another five minutes. Um, any shoes that you guys noticed uh, that they featured in uh, part two and part three? Uh, well, there was the one that uh, everybody lost their shit over because it was a, a there was a quick, very quick shot of Michael Jordan when he after he broke his foot, he was in a cast on one foot, mm-hmm. and uh, he was wearing this mysterious Nike sneaker on the other foot, and people thought maybe it was a Jordan One Low or something, but it clearly wasn't when you freeze frame it, and it ends up being a Nike. We tracked it down. We didn't track it down, but somebody on the internet, on the social media tracked it down. Uh, was the uh, Nike Air Enterprise, which I'd never oh. even heard of the name before. But uh, it's some obscure uh, Nike from '84, uh, and uh, that's what he was wearing. So it was funny because it's anytime you see a, a sneaker on Michael Jordan's feet, you're like, it, it blows everybody's mind if they hadn't seen it before. And uh, that's kind of what happened there because it was like I remember that after the episode aired, everybody was like, "What was that? What was he wearing when he had the cast? What was that?" <laughs> you know. That's so that was funny. That was the um, one I remember from from it. And uh, I don't. I know. I noticed the Jordan three, the Jordan four was in that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it, and uh, during the, it's funny because during the um, the sixty three point game against Boston, uh, yeah. he he's wearing the Jordan one, but it's a version of the Jordan one. So mm-hmm. he's wearing a Jordan one with a, a dunk uh, midsole and outsole. So if you zoom in on it, or you you can see pictures of it on the on the on social media or on the internet, whatever. But 
it's a it's a modified version of the Jordan One. It actually has the Wings logo on both the uh, medial and lateral side of the uh, the, cool. the ankle. Yeah, yeah. For those who uh, don't know that clip of Jordan where he he goes between his legs a few times in front yeah. of Larry Bird, it's during this that series. Exactly. That yeah. Yeah. That's such a classic clip. Yeah. So yeah. smooth. So smooth. Didn't win, but so smooth. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you guys think? someone out there realized how great of a time it was for sneakers like during that period i mean i i did i i mean i, I couldn't get enough of it I, I remember vividly i i could not get enough of once we realized there was going to be a new mm-hmm. a new jordan every year i was like it was i was like a kid in heaven do you guys remember your first impressions of the shoes like three four, the Jordan three four. Oh yeah, I I remember uh, I remember being immediately in love with the twos, um, because it was he he was in the eighty seven dunk contest. That was the first time I remember seeing them, and uh, I didn't know what they were. I because you, you, they were so different from obviously the Jordan one, and I'd wanted the Jordan one. Uh, I ended up with the AJKO because they were only nineteen ninety nine. My mother my mother was going to spend too much money on a, a pair of sneakers for a twelve year old kid, but. Um, I remember wanting the twos and then seeing that. In, I've, I've told the story probably 10 million times at this point, and people are, who are listening are going, Yeah, yeah, we've heard it before, but I do, it's, I have to tell it because it's, I just, it's so vivid in my memory that uh, I remember seeing that in the Imagination commercials, the, 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 the original Air Jordan 2 commercial. It was, I, di- I actually didn't see it during the game for some reason. I don't remember, I don't remember seeing it. Must, I, maybe I, I went to go to the bathroom. I have no idea why. During the All Star game, I'm talking about. I ended up seeing it for the first time during a Lakers Celtics game uh, in I think April, or maybe in uh, something like that March March maybe anyway, and in '87 and they played that imagination you know the, the whole thing where he's in the gym and there's the baseline and he does the rock the cradle dunk and the tagline is Air Jordan's all the imagination, um, and that's when I was became obsessed with them and from the two to the three I remember seeing the three during the All Star game of '88. And not knowing what that was, because again, we didn't know that there was was going to be a new sneaker every year, because also because the Air Jordan one, and then the injury happened, so there was a delay in the Air Jordan two coming out. So and we didn't know there was going to be an Air Jordan two because it was there was no precedent. This is the first sneaker that had an, an annual model, right? There was no if you were you got to compare Converse Pro Stars or Pro Leathers, you were wearing that for like five, six, seven years. There's pictures of Dr. J wearing the Pro Star, the sorry, nice. the Pro Leather in like 1976, and still in 1983, he's wearing he's wearing the Pro Leathers. So, you know, this was this was all new to the the world where you got a new a new model every year. So when I saw the when I first saw the three in the dunk contest or during the sorry during the All Star game, uh. I, I, I saw a black sneaker. I didn't know what that was. I'd never seen a black sneaker on somebody before. And then I saw, except for like the Celtics would wear them some, I think the Celtics would wear like black black weapons, right? But I didn't know. So then I, but I saw the clips or I saw the, the uh, slam dunk contest of 88 and I was like, what is that? Is it, have they just made a new color of the, the Jordan 2? And again, there was no, it wasn't called the Jordan 2, but I thought they had just put gray around the heel cap of the Jordan 2 and I didn't know what that was, and I was like, I, you know, I wanted that Jordan two so badly that I, 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 you know, wanted it. And then my grandmother ended up being able to get me uh, on a vacation to California, got me the Jordan three, and I was disappointed <laughs> when I heard she was getting me this new Jordan that had come out. And then, but I just seen him in the All Star game wearing it, so I was like, okay. And then 
I got it, and of course I was like, "Holy shit, this is incredible!" With the tumbled leather and the elephant print and all this shit, and it was like it was iconic. Like I'm wearing the same thing that Michael Jordan wears on court. Like that was a that was how I thought about it. I was like, it was a, it was a, such a great. And it, before that, it was even with me it was Magic Johnson. I, when I got I got the Converse weapons in '86, and I was like, "Holy shit, I have the same shoes that Magic Johnson wears." I felt so cool. All right, one last question for you guys before we close it up. How legitimate was your hate of the Detroit Pistons? I still hate Isaiah Thomas. I hate <laughs> Bill Ambeer. Obviously, I've softened on uh, Dennis Rodman. Uh, I like John Sally, but I, thinking about when I see, oh, I saw images of that team uh, in the documentary, I still get that same queasy feeling <laughs> that I got all those years ago as a teenager. And Larry Bird himself said there were the, the league was tough. We were we were the Celtics were tough. There were a lot of teams that were tough. Like Chris mentioned, Kurt Rambis on the Lakers was a tough, sort of not very athletic but tough guy. But Bill Lambeer, uh, and Larry said this: Bill Lambeer didn't just try to stop you and and wasn't just physical. He literally tried to end your career. He tried to hurt you. Uh, and I think maybe to an extent Rick Mahorn was has, was of the same mentality. So uh, he was like, if you're gonna, I think John Sally actually told that story in the in, the, in this episode was that he said mm. Rick Mahorn was the one who taught him if you're gonna elbow somebody, mean it. Don't don't just get a cheap foul, hurt them. <laughs> Which is such a fucked up thing, way to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, we hate the Pistons still. <laughs> So it's a good way to close out this uh, episode of our The Last Dance Part 2, Part 3 review. Um, people want to find you on the internet. Where can they find you, Sean? At scholar 23 and at OG Support Group. Yeah, you can find our good friends uh, Mike D at On Air with Mike D, Clo uh, at Clarel, C-L-A-R-E-L. And our good friend Brian, who made a ninja-like exit from this recording. Uh, but don't worry, he should be here for the following episodes that we do for The Last Dance. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at OG Sneaker Nerd and at OG Support Group as well. Uh, thanks for joining us for this review. This one was a bit longer, but I hope you enjoyed it. Again, let us know in the comments or through DM if you enjoy these uh, reviews because we're going to keep doing them. we got a couple more episodes to go through, right? And uh, you can find me at Chris Chu, uh, Christopher.Chu. Sorry about that. And you can find the Sneaker Podcast at the Sneaker Podcast on IG, at the Sneaker Pod on Twitter. You can find us where any uh, any place that plays a podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play. Radio. Um, thanks for tuning in, and this has been the Sneaker Podcast Extra Episode, The Last Dance Part Two, Part Three. Thank you, and peace. Peace. <laughs>